Welcome to The Bright Side, a podcast where we will help you to get a better perspective on your life. Each week, we tackle a story from the public life, something from our own private lives, and then we go out into nature, we breathe, we tell stories, and we try to cut our anxieties down to size to get some perspective in order to live healthier, happier lives. I'm Tamsin Omond, an activist, author, actor, and often anxious human being. And I'm Sachi Lloyd, a multi-award winning author and public speaker. Welcome to the Bright Side. So this week we are celebrating International Women's Day. Yeah, Because that's what happened yesterday and we're still, ooh, we're still sitting in the glow of it. The buzz. The buzz. And um, Sachi, in public lives, mm. okay. how are you going to come at us with this Women's Day <laughs> well, you <laughs> lovely, Tamsin. You know that yeehaw I just did back there? Tell me. That wasn't a random yeehaw. That okay. was a prefiguration to the thing I'm going to talk about, which is the Republican Party. Yeehaw! Oh. I want to talk. Right, I want to talk about women and Republican Party a little bit because their numbers are so low now and it's been getting lower and lower. Uh, I think it's something like 9% of the Republican Party are women no now. Way. Yes. And I think this has had a big, big effect on their policies and where they're heading. Yeah. And, um, they lack guns. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> we lack... Sorry to stereotype yeah, you exactly. men. exactly. <laughs> just slow down there, you know. Um, so, just a brief thing, you know, climate change, here we go. Uh, here comes the huge hostile wave of attacks from the... Uh, uh, Trump administration that scientists were really fearing. You know, Ooh. we're looking at 20 to 40% cuts in, in science agencies all across no the states. Way. And these agencies are not only, you know, saving thousands of American lives and leading a really important research for America, but they're world leaders. So it's a Ooh. huge, huge loss for the world. So a huge wave of attacks. And I just don't get it. I don't understand why people... It, it's such a dangerous piece of denial. Yeah. And this party, this Republican Party, you know, if it was yeah. the Republican Party of uh, outer Moldovia, yeah. you know, having a little aneurysm. About it, climate change. Yeah, about anything, yeah, about its own identity. Important. They're too important. They're like the clampets of taking over, you know. So let's take somewhere like Florida, you mm-hmm. know, couldn't be any more Republican. All that retired population, I don't think anyone is under 70, men in shorts going... Lock her up, you know, with their wives. Uh, it, that's just Florida. Mm. Um, that place is going to be underwater in a few decades. Big news for the cl- for the Republicans, <laughs> yeah, right. you think? So, you know, silence, Salomon. You know, Republicans say nothing about wow. this. See, and, and you've got this mad thing going on in Florida. Uh, Miami particularly, okay? So they, they, they're trying to rebuild roads because they've got real trouble with their sewers. But they're having to build um, roads up higher and higher because the floodwaters are coming in. And... So like it's like uh, it's like Holland basically yeah. Florida it's really low lying. Yeah. But it's even worse than Holland because you can't build dikes and you can't build barriers because it's made out of limestone. So I can't. Of I, why, why do you have to say dike? I just have to smirk and have a little child moment. Sorry, carry on. Florida sinking. You're so shallow, Tamsin. Sometimes. And um, so they can't protect themselves. They can't protect themselves from dikes in either sense. <laughs> Look, I mean, you know, uh, the highest place in Florida yeah. is 345 feet high. It's like a pimple. Oh my God, that's tiny. You're right. So I it's going to go underwater. Totally. And they're just not saying anything. 
They just can't deal with it. So look, oh, I'll, child, it's I know. absolutely terrifying. Right, so on Capitol Hill now, the, the number yeah. of uh, Republican climate skeptics in Congress uh, last year. It was 169, which is already insane. That's a lot. We've got one, James, De- you know, Lord yeah, 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 yeah. Dubry. It's 180 now. Wow. So, wow. So it's this and they're thing. all in there, in power. Totally. Denying climate change. Totally. And pushing through policies totally. that allow climate change to go totally. unmitigated. So we're going to come to men m- 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 in a minute. Oh, the men. So 14% of Republicans consider climate change very serious. One four. One Compared to 76% of Democrats. And if you look at the Democrat, um, the numbers. Yeah. So Republicans have dropped. I mean, it's already, it wasn't very high that they're representative. It was 11%, but it's 9% today. So do you think there's some sort of correlation between... Well, uh, all I can say is the uh, Democrats are up to 33% and growing and growing and growing. Amazing. Uh, Yeah, and you know what the Democrats have done is they've taken on these old boy networks, you know, which existed in the Democrat Party as well. And that's what I want to talk about. That's the image I'm getting with this. You know, we're seeing these photos of Trump signing these executive orders. Yeah, exactly. And just those men, those... Soft face, whiskey sipping, yeah. blazer wearing, yeah. pudgy handed, yes. clean fingernails. Yeah, who've been? Who are these men? Yeah, uh, power. And, yes, they're used to power. They sort of, you know, you lift up a log and there's a white soft thing oh, there. Oh gosh. Uh, those men are making these big decisions. Yes, and um, and uh, you know, look, th- there are many, many. We're just talking about Women's Day here, but I do feel that women really viscerally get climate change. You know, certainly, you know, we are the, we're the growers, the tenders, the nourishers, we're the first to feel it. I think we get it faster and we're way more bothered. And I do feel it's, it might well be women to step up to the plate on this one because those good old boys are not going to do anything for anyone. Uh, I or to, you know it's like on those radio ads where they say we also understand that some men are really really cool <laughs> and really do get climate change and, and we're not, very grateful for uh, that and we're guys yes <laughs> and they're not good old boys but still it's women's day and we're bashing men <laughs> so Tamsin Omond oh tell me such I'm gonna ask what you can something. I do for you give me some women who are oh. giving you hope. There are a lot of women that give me hope, Sarge. One of them sitting just across the table from me right now. I love you, Flattery. I fall for it every time. (laughs) But yeah, you know what? I was very impressed with Elizabeth Warren Uh, across the Atlantic. Yes. A senator sitting there in Congress being important for the Democrat Party. One of those 33% of Democrat Congress. What did Trump tweet yesterday? Ooh, this was bad. Yeah, so he gets out his little 160 characters (laughs) with his pudgy little hands. He doesn't even tweet himself. A woman tweets for him. Yes. No way. No way. The most important job in his administration and he lets a woman do it. Yes. And so I think he tweeted Very something fun. like, I like women. <laughs> yeah, they're real important. Put them in a dress. Does he even speak like that? No, no he doesn't all. at all. Sorry. He's from New York. <laughs> and um, I mean, what did he say? He said, I respect women. Yes. And then she was asked, yes. oh, what would you respond to that? Yeah. And what, and what did she, she say? say? She said. She said, talk is tick. Talk is cheap, Donald. Talk is cheap, Donald. Put mm. your money where your mm. mouth is. Because not only is he cutting loads of 
climate change research yes. and, and climate change mitigation work, he's also cutting loads of services to women. Yeah. And, um, you know, he just he's just a horrible piece of work. And he's got all of this power, like you say. And, you know, it's, it's, we've got a climate change denying misogynist in the White House. Yeah. So thank God there are women like Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren, Warren standing up to him yes. and being somebody who can go on and yeah. s- deliver these yeah. one-liners right back yeah. at him. Because, Needle, yeah. and he get your guns, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you could see that with Clinton. She's, she was always like, no, but let's be serious, have yeah. a debate. You need a whip She needed her guns at the Yeah, she did, moment. yes. And, you know, she was never going to do that because she was part of the establishment yeah. and they don't fight like that. But yeah. you, we need to bite. Yes. Bite at his little ankles. <laughs> Corgis for climate <laughs> Corgis for climate, climate change. <laughs> Imagine, you wouldn't that know would what to do with a great herd of Corgis oh. yeah. coming at him. Coming at him. That's, I think you should write to Saturday Night Live and <laughs> suggest that they Wherever put that on goes. a little sketch. Sikasos will be able to keep out corgis. You better flood them. Maybe everywhere. when he comes over here and he visits the queen, yes. she'll get her corgis out. Maybe she'll she'll let like, she's bred up a whole like swarm of corgis. <laughs> she's on our side because they're kind of a bit like Donald they in look dog a bit form. Like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time he says it, put anything. them in a pen together. <laughs> cage corgi cage fighting. Who else? Okay, more women, more women. You know what? Um, This is actually, she's a really good example. Ooh, serious voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But because she deserves some serious, serious articulation, mm-hmm. she was also a president of a country, who, who not it? a country so important as the US of A, but mm. she was the president of Ireland. Oh. Mary Robinson. Mary, yes. What a wonder. The first female president of yes. Ireland. First yeah. and possibly last. Um... <laughs> And what an amazing woman, because she stopped being the president, yeah. became a UN uh, ambassador for social justice and all yes. of these good things, got noticed by this global group called yes. The Leaders. Oh, yeah. And then once she was a leader, which meant she was hobnobbing with the likes of Nelson Mandela yeah. and other really amazing human beings, yeah. she started a foundation called the Mary Robinson Foundation. Yes. And this foundation goes around the world and mm. finds people, women, men, mm. who are living in the global south and fighting... Yes to allow some climate justice in. They're fighting against... I, I saw her um, do a little thing on... She was in Bolivia a couple of weeks ago and um, she was um, she was just in tears in this Whoa. video. And, and she's, you feel like she's really got heart. Yeah. And you know, and you often don't see that in, in world leaders. Yes. It's this kind of thing of like... She's, yeah, she's, she's, like she's, Angela Merkel. I can't yeah. imagine her crying about people not having access to water. Leave Angela alone. I'm sorry, no. Angela. We need some tears. <laughs> We need less trouser suits, more tears. <laughs> Why don't they, they? They're not allowed to cry because they have to. Because their men say they're emotional. They're men say they're emotional. Maybe we should have International Women's Crying Day when we're like a uh, real re- just sob. Yeah, when we're we're like, no, we're not going to be like you anymore. This, uh, you know what? Yeah. I'm so glad you said that mm. because I want female models of leadership that aren't about pretending yes. to be men. Yeah, you know, I re- like I I feel emotional all the time, yes. and I wish that there was space to be like, you know what? Yeah. The world is really messed up. Yeah. It's confusing. It's terrifying. We need to respond yes. emotionally. You know, uh, uh, I was uh, again I was researching this. They had a thing yeah. about uh, women and men's response to climate change. Yes. Uh, things. And they say, women cry, men shrug. Oh No, no, he- hold your hosses. Tell me, because I just want to condemn the males. Because ma- ma- men are feeling it just as much as women, but they're socially conditioned not, not, not to show it. So that's, they're all bottled up, miserable Ooh. inside. International Everybody Allowed to Cry Day. That's 
that's something I can get behind. Yeah. Final woman. Pièce oh, de résistance of our go, top go, go, three go. political yes. heavyweight women. A close personal friend of yours and mine, oh. actually, Christiana Figueres. I don't think I could say she was a close personal friend. Come on, you've got to up your connections, <laughs> love. We do. I if do we were men, her. we'd do that. Oh, would we? Yes. Yeah. Hey, we yeah. know her really well. We were sipping whiskey. <laughs> yes, carry on. So, Christiana, for those who don't know, mm. she is the lady on whom we can say you are responsible for getting the Paris Accord on climate change. Yes. She bashed a lot of heads together yeah. in the UN climate change process and she got a piece of paper signed by all of the countries in the world to say, you know what, we're going to give a shit about climate change and, and we're going to do something about it before the Republican Party came into power mm. in the United States and said, hey, that's just not real. Mm. <laughs> you, yeah, what a woman. Yes, not just any old piece of paper. It wasn't just like a shopping list. No. It was an actual legal piece of paper. It was a paper. legal piece of paper with some stamps... <laughs> And some photographs of people signing it. <laughs> we really can't belittle this. It was very important. It is. It remains very important. But uh, I saw Christian uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, did you? Uh, yes. And uh, uh, we were talking about um, Paris and yeah. what America was going to pull out. Oh. And I said, "Do you think it's going to happen?" She said, "Almost definitely." And if they, even if they don't pull out, then they're just going to, you know, not Turn really their do it. On it yeah. And uh, I said, well, "How does that make you feel?" And she said, "I'm just going to carry on." Wow. She said it was impossible before and it's impossible now and I'm just going to carry on. And that is good, the right? response that we need. I think yeah. there's a kind of resilience to yeah. being, or not to being a woman. I mean, I do think there's a resilience to being a woman, but also that that's, that's what we need is yeah. that kind of spirit, yeah. commitment, yeah. fight. You know, we're going to keep pushing even though the most powerful country mm. in the world has a terrifying mm. leadership who are tearing apart all of but the they're important all like things. Kind of, they all look about over 65 oh, and, yeah, and they're heading not for heart attack in the country. <laughs> I mean, they can't be that big to me. They're all eating steaks like five times a day and drinking whiskey and sipping cigars. You'd be like, have another cigar. Have another. Maybe that's another targeted campaign. Get their wives to offer them just if they could uptake their cigar and whiskey. Go on. Just, Go just on, ladies. We could, we could be out of the woods More in, in a year More whiskey for the less. Republican leadership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, amazing. Amazing, these women. Yes. And it's just so, you know, it's, I think it's really important for us, whilst we feel a little bit browbeaten yes. by these big political events to know that there are women who are waking up and going, well, this is an impossible task, yes. but hell, someone's yeah. got to do it. And so like Christiana's... Single mothers do every day. Brava. Sing- I would like to um, put my fourth one. Single mothers. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. We have two kids, there's two of us. Yeah. We're nearly dead. Yeah. Single mothers. Yeah. Every, every single, single one of them. Every one. Yeah. Fantastic. What Woo! a list of women. <laughs> a very long list. Lovely. Right, let's move on, dude. Okay, here we go. Into private lives. <laughs> Should we go straight in? Segway. Segway, segway. Okay, I'm ready. I, I have been burning to talk about this particular. We've got this one in the chamber. Yeah. problem that I have experienced. Locked this and loaded. Week. Oh, such. And you know what? It also gives me another opportunity to talk about men and why I hate <laughs> them just this week. <laughs> And once again, the disclaimer, not all men, some are very nice. Thank you. Um, not all men are total dickwads. <laughs> In fact, I'm also good friends with some. Yes. So, moving on. Moving on. In fact, this is, a, this is to do with one who I am good friends with, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we will continue to be good friends. Mm-hmm. I seem to be doing this thing of, I've got some lovely projects on the go, mm-hmm. and I seem to keep...
keep going to men, male friends of mine, to ask for help. And, mm. and I, I've had this experience in the last week where one of these male friends has just not answered any of my phone calls, text messages, emails saying, hey, where are you at with this project? Mm. Hey, where are you at with this project? And I think maybe as a woman, I'm, I can't just be direct, you know, as a woman and as me, Tams and Omond, I can't just pull like those two enormous categories, two, yeah. towering categories, as a woman and as myself, Tams and Omond. It's a very hard... Gold, with gold-plated pl- Today I will be woman, tomorrow I will be Tams and Omond. Moving on, yes, um, that's I find it difficult to say to men, mm. hey, what the fuck's going on? Mm. I've, I think when I do that, I'm being disruptive or I'm being bossy or I'm asking hysterical. a bit too much. I'm being hysterical. Needy. So, so I kept asking in polite, nice ways, hey, by the way, oh, no, what's going on with this? Hey, mm. what's going And after these questions hadn't been answered, I then went to another female space, the passive-aggressive space. Uh. And what I did was I just messaged this human man saying, hey, you know what, just don't worry about it, I'll sort it out. Essentially firing him from this project. But it wasn't really firing because, you know, he was only volunteering his time anyway. I never know what passive-aggressive is. Is that passive-aggressive? I think, you know, not passive-aggressive is speaking openly with somebody and making sure that you have the time to do it. Yes. It's but a... it was very difficult getting hold of him. Mm. <laughs> that was kind of part of the process. But I guess where I am now is that I feel like I've done something wrong. I'm to blame. And I just, you know, I don't, maybe I have done something wrong. Or mm. he also, you know, it's, it's just difficult to work out in this mess of me wanting to make everything okay for everyone else. Okay. Are you ready? Are you going to help me? Because it's a little bit of a tangle inside of me. <laughs> what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. All right, here, all right, you ready? Tell me. Uh, so this is well, that's a friend of mine, but he said two of his dad's favourite truisms were... You know, okay, I'm just going to put one thing forward, yes. which is maybe it's not about your friends being uh, man people. But it's about doing things with friends or family. Ooh. So it's just a different perspective. Yeah. So this is a friend of mine. His dad's favourite truisms were never do business with friends and family and never hire someone you can't fire. Ooh. <laughs> but I love working with my friends yes. and family. Well, but, and, uh, so, um, you know, and also, you know, never hire someone you can't fire. And it means don't employ... F- friends or family because unlike regular stuff you can't give them the boot when they're slack yeah exactly i mean he is definitely cross that i gave him the boot yes so here's here's the next thing all right i'm gonna uh-huh. i'm gonna bring someone else but your eyes have gone really interested. i need your help <laughs> <laughs> you got really like actually interested number one write it in stone relationships come first so sm- smart entrepreneurs lay down the law right from the start relationship comes first okay so if there's a trouble with the business, you know, or, or a financial deal, you know, or anything like, yeah. like this issue here. What you have to do, I mean, but you have to agree this before, is if yeah. we're in any issues, then then the thing, it's, the thing itself gets jettisoned and we save the relationship. Yeah. No, I wasn't prepared to do this. Uh, <laughs> unless you come to point two, which is relationships come first, except when the business comes first. <laughs> so, for example, you just caught a family member stealing from the business or you have, you know... Or more likely, <laughs> this is such a world-weary article, is you have a friend or family employee not pulling their weight after months of Bingo. working on it. Yes. Since these actions impact your business, you must lower the hammer 
and let them go. Because like uh, because this person let you down at a very late stage. Yes. Yeah, it was two days before we were shooting yes. a film and we didn't know what had been done and what hadn't been yes. done and he wasn't answering anything. If, if it had been employed, they would have had to have answered you. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it's that thing of feeling disrespected and not really knowing what to do with it. And I think that's something, you know, there's a, there's a little pocket of anger that every woman has yes. for feeling that their role in society isn't being respected or that we're not being respected and, and we don't really know what to do, do with it. Do you feel that? I know that some mothers I know feel that. <laughs> do you think it's different being gay? Do you, it makes um, you feel a bit different about those things? I think I've had to carve out space yes, yes. for myself without validation from men maybe yeah. earlier than other women right. have right so i'm just like well i don't care about their validation although secretly i do yeah um but yeah i think it is different to be gay i think we've we we've been carving we've been carving <laughs> way ahead <laughs> we've whittled out and you know we're gonna compete with palace. men right we're gonna you know on our terms yeah like, we're gonna go for the women that you want <laughs> get out <laughs> This is a lesbian feminist podcast. <laughs> if this, you're a man, fuck off. This is gone. I like this. We might have to. We might have to archive this in a quarantine section. It's gone coco loco. Okay, but no, letting people go. You know what? I think that's what I need to do. Is I need to kind of let go of my guilt around letting go of this human. Can I say something? Right? Tell me, babe. This is less. Uh, I, I I do think that. Um, Quite a lot of, of that issue was around friends, uh, a friend rather than males. But I hear you about the male thing yeah. and about the guilt. And I think that as women, because I definitely obsess about things much more than men do. Like, well, did I do me? Yeah. You know, and I have did an internal. Yeah, I know. And yeah. I think men don't bother half as much. But yeah. you know what? They're better at like, this is fine. The world is a tough place. We're supposed yeah. to go out and compete and have conflict. Yeah. And then we dust ourselves off and that's fine afterwards. Yeah. As women are like, oh, let's smooth it over, smooth it over. Yeah. And uh, it's it's exhausting. Yeah. And I think sometimes I have to tell myself, you know, I'll allow myself a bit of obsession. Yeah. And then I will suddenly say to myself, that's it, I'm done now. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm not always a nice person. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I can be a dick too. That person was a dick. I was a bit of a dick. Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. I'm not perfect. Yeah. I'm not always nice. Yeah. Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. You know what? That is something that I've got to repeat to myself. Yeah. It's okay not yeah. to be nice. Yeah. Totally. All right, everybody. I think it's time for a little relaxing nature talk and walk. Mm. What do you think? I feel so up for that, Sarge. Yeah. Why do you feel up for that, Tamsin? Well, I feel up for it because mm. today I was on my way to you mm. and I thought, oh, I just can't really be bothered to get on my bicycle. I was feeling a bit lazy. Mm. And then and then I actually did get on my bicycle and I had such a splendid cycle ride. Why? Because I kept my eyes up, as yes. you do when yeah. you're cycling. <laughs> And I noticed loads of blossom. Yes. And it was absolutely beautiful. We're looking out the window now. We see blue sky. What else do we see? We see some buds. Yes. Budding. We see some little scudding white clouds. Gorgeous. It's like a storybook, isn't it? It's, you know what it is? It's the great equinox, the spring equinox. It's the return of spring. Thank you, thank you, thank you, spring. Let the winter be gone. 
And you know what happens? I think. Tell me. I, I struggle a little bit in this early parts of spring because yes. I get hopeful. Oh, and yeah. I can get through winter because I have no hope. <laughs> but it's the hope <laughs> that kills you. You get one day and you're like, oh, I'd see it. And then you yeah. get. And then it rains. Like yesterday, yeah. it was raining. Destroyed the day by before, two days of sunny. brown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's the hope. But still. I am now officially succumbing to the bubbling fever of hope. Yes, great. Do it. So, I'm going to tell you something about hope in a little are bit. Are you? Oh, yeah, why not? Because I love it. Love are you ready? So, tell me. In the deepest, darkest corners, the roots are spreading. Fine threads are silvering the soil. Little leaf litters are stirring. Shoots are pressing mm. upwards. And petals are unfurling. Scent is rising. The sap is rising. Yeah. This is an really that mean? okay. That means that the uh, the trees are like go because it's an inter- it's a huge race. So in order to go, what they have to do is pull, pull, pull. Uh, you know, to get those leaves out, um, all that sugary sap up and bring it up, and it's really powerful. Yeah. And this is where um, for many, many hundreds of thousands of years, human beings would have been kept going in yeah. the northern um, climes by sap. You know, in Canada and North, you know, in Britain as well. So you tap the sap of like maples or um, silver birch as well, and it's full of sugary water. You do it in sort of late February, early March. Wow. You know, you haven't had anything to eat. It's really tough, and yeah. it keeps uh, it's kept probably our ancestors going for for a long, long time. Sugary, wow. sweet water. Yes. Wow. That's the sap. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> and but they just live off sap. No. No, but it's you know it's a big help. It's, it's like help. live off sap. We are living off sap. Now, also, the thing about Britain that's beautiful is that um, it's really, it's, you know, you go to woodland and you yeah. see things and it's, yeah. um, you know, that sort of woodland canopy and it's patchy and you get pale sunlight. Yes. And it's only, it's very, it's very brief and you get the beech and the birch coming out now. And it, and I think partly, you know, you start to use snowdrops and the, and the um, cro- crocuses and the, uh, and then comes the Oh, a little bit later in, okay. in May. Okay. And um, I think what you feel is it's so fragile and fleeting. Yes. And that makes it even more beautiful. Yes. What do you think about yes. that? You know what? I think that's exactly right. Yep. I love having seasons. That's something actually yes. that scares me about climate change a little bit, is losing these seasons. Because yeah. I really look forward to those first um, daffodils. Yeah. You know? Very, it's a little bit embarrassing to admit, but yeah, no, it's not. Like, I, Why I, should it be embarrassing? Yeah, I kind of look out for them and I see, you know, they're tall when they're like, they're not yet out. Yes. And they're still the buds. And <laughs> like, <laughs> not yet uh, Don't even know the words and they're not, not out yet. <laughs> And then and then they're all suddenly gone. And you know what? I used to um, when I was at university, yes. I used to pick daffodils for my um, tutors and yeah. take them to them because I just thought these are lovely. Your little blue stocking. <laughs> no, aren't I just? <laughs> so it's kind of you know. And um, so let's. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about these flowers. Yeah. Um, you know, so our relationship with uh, with you know the woodlands uh, it's become very fragmented. Mm. And I think it would be a great idea. Mm. Uh, to go out for spring walks or to Lovely. really start noticing what's going on. Lovely. Uh, so our relationship with the woods and flower, flowers has become more disconnected and we're not really able to identify things. Um, no. so, so we've got a few, uh, two or three flowers I'm just going to talk about now. Um So first one is the primrose. Mm. That lovely little yellow cheery thing. There was, um, you know, I was brought up in Wales and there was a, an ancient castle that kind of no one ever used to go to. And uh, I used to go there in the spring, and it was like an old Mott and Bailey castle, 
Uh, so it was it was kind of built on a, on a slope and only little bits of it left. And it was ringed by primroses. And Ooh. when I went there, it felt like I was going to a fairy realm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. It was like yeah. too magical, you know. Yeah. So the primrose is also known as the butter rose mm-hmm. and is associated with the Norse goddess Freya. Lovely. Yeah, the mother of, of heaven. In Victorian times, it symbolised the innocence of lost children. I don't know if I want to go there. They're very macabre than Europe. They are, aren't they? They've got lost children. <laughs> Let's stay with Freya. Now then, we've got celandines, uh, which are also very... A lot of yellow going yeah. on. It's lovely, isn't it, that yellow? A uh, particular favourite of William Wordsworth. We know the flower as well. Now, the bluebell. Bluebell is my personal favourite. Do you? Do you love yeah, it? Oh. I love the bluebell. And you know what yeah. you were saying about that kind of fleeting moment? I yes. love bluebells because you really have to look for them. Yes, you do. And then when you find them, yeah. you feel that you've come upon a treasure trove. Yeah, it is, isn't it lovely? Yeah. And um, so they... Uh, it's one of England's best-loved flowers. There you go. Uh, <laughs> never, never want to rock the boat, me. No, there's a couple of different varieties, and one is uh, an indicator of ancient woodland, and mm. they're paler, more strongly scented, and mm. they droop to one side, and yeah. there's a Spanish cousin um, who came in 1860. Okay. Brexit! Not about ancient Brexit. woodland. <laughs> um, so that's, that's really lovely. I and mean, then I want to talk just a little bit about daffodils. Oh, great. Because uh, um, they are quite something. And um, my mother-in-law is staying at the moment. Okay. She's Italian. Yeah. She's like, what, 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 what are the, what are these great banks of yellow flowers? Why is it daffodils? The, uh, but apparently they come from the Mediterranean. But no, it's you realise things are crazy about flowers. British yeah. people love their flowers. We do, don't we? So they um, they first came to England as a gift by the Romans. Oh, uh, yeah. But you know. Whatever. That gift along with the stinging nettle. Thanks, Roman. They didn't bring the stinging nettle. They brought nettle. the stinging nettle. Really? I didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't know there that. There you go, Sarge. So it's really it's associated. It's a two-way street, yeah, this relationship. That's, that's your first um, foray down a street at me. I'm loving that. Uh, daffodil is the birthday flower of March. It's it's Lovely. the um, national flower of Wales. Lovely. It's also said the very daffodil... humble, isn't it? The daffodil. Oh, it's lovely. It said it was first bloomed during the time of Christ's resurrection, and the Christian faith holds the flower in high regard as an Easter symbol. Uh, in Greece, it's known as Narcissus Tazeta, which means little teardrops. Lovely. In Germany, daffodils are called Osterglocken, Easter bells. There's uh, something very kind of hopeful, isn't there, about this whole season? It's about some, you know, th- these things that were lost over the winter are, are coming out and ringing at us and peeling off. It's really, I'm very pro this. It's just I'm glad fantastic. we're finishing this International Women's Day special podcast talking about flowers in spring because it feels like, you know, can I do, can I give you that quote? Yes. By oh yeah. Yes. About hope, just yes. because it feels like sometimes you've just got to knuckle knuckle down and yeah. really really see what's going on and that that well i'll just read it hope <laughs> locates itself in the premises in the premise that we don't know what will happen mm. and that in that spaciousness of uncertainty there is room to act when you recognize uncertainty you recognize that you may be able to inf- influence the outcomes you alone or you in concert with a few dozen or several million others Hope is the embrace of the unknown and the unknowable. I feel like I'm embracing that mm. unknown and unknowable today, and it's really helped along by the fact that it's spring. Yeah. Because there's something to embrace there. Yeah. Also, it's that end of winter, that end of winter thing where you think it's never going to end. Yeah. You're like you're in the unknown, and then. Yeah. 
bam, out come those goddamn flowers again. You didn't plant them, you didn't, and they're, they're back again. Yeah. Something bigger than us. Lovely more beautiful than us. Oh. Well done, guys. And so, yeah, you've listened to The Bright Side. <laughs> Tune in next week and please do that thing. Post it, share it, send it to your friends and leave us a comment on iTunes. And for those of, uh, those of our listeners not in the lesbian e- extremist collective of Bradford North... Uh, please you forgive our stridency. <laughs> you are welcome. Party of one. Uh, please forgive our stridency this week. We love you, men folk. Yeah, we're just celebrating the one day a year. <laughs> I'm still strident. <laughs> I'm not apologising for now. <laughs> See ya. Keep on the bright side. Yo.